Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Monday, everyone. Welcome into the Gramlick and McLean podcast, episode 165. We are here to break down spring games. We had six spring games in the ACC on Saturday. And honestly, Mac, all big programs, all programs that we're expecting a lot from this season. And of course, Mac was on the field, basically coaching. Dabo was broadcasting. Mac was coaching at the Clemson spring game. So we're going to get a full in-depth in-person breakdown from Eric McLean. But Mac, I know you've had a busy weekend. You've been watching the Masters. You've been just doing all sorts of things. How are you doing, my friend? I'm great. You talk about it. It's Master Sunday. We're recording this uh, a little bit early. And man, it's, it's the best time of year. You love to see it. This is the tournament. Um, I know both of us have had the privilege to go and see that uh, live and in color. Uh, there's nothing like it. And, and just to see how this course is so challenging every year. I mean, I'm, I'm right now watching guys that are plus 15. And I'm out here thinking, man, I can do that. No shot. There's no <laughs> shot. These are the best guys in the world. Um, Sorry, and, I laughed so loudly. No, no, no. It's true. You've seen it. That's close and personal. <laughs> um, it, it's just, it's a fun weekend. And then on top of all these great spring games, as you mentioned, uh, we, we've got football in April and there's always uh, a silver lining. There's always a great thing when that's happening. All right. We're going to go in the order of where they aired on ACCN. So today we're going to talk Boston College, Clemson, North Carolina, Florida State, NC State, Pitt, some of the big names. Before we get into BC, and we'll go down the list, I have to ask, Mac, two things. Was that the coldest, you were at Clemson's, was that the coldest spring game you've ever been a part of? And B, do you have any fun spring game memories? I know towards the latter part of your career, you were one of the old heads, you didn't really have to do much, but... Tell us what it's like to play the spring game. Yeah, well, for starters, yes. I mean, it was absolutely freezing. So cold. Um, windy, cold. And actually, what's crazy is right when the team ran out for maybe seven minutes after they ran out, there were flurries. It started snowing. And That's Katie George insane. is like, what is happening? What is happening? Um, so, yes, freezing cold, windy. Uh, it, it was nuts. But, I mean, it's, it's kind of cool because when you think of what the spring game is, it's practice. It's to prepare you. It's to get these stuff going. When do they ever get a practice for cold at that stage of the game? So, you know, it's it's a little bit of a, a ACC championship, maybe a bowl game prep uh, in a spring game. So cool for them to be able to do that. Uh, spring game, you know, when I think back, I, I remember my first one when I was still playing tight end, caught an awesome pass, like a quick basic route, about a 12-yard in route. Caught the ball, turned, and just absolutely destroyed this guy. Uh, a safety. I believe it was Gary Peters. Uh, shout out to oh, if you're listening. Called out. Um, and it was awesome. I mean, I absolutely rocked him and then picked up, you know, another seven, eight yards or so and then got tackled. Uh, but really, the, my favorite one is the one I didn't play in uh, because, unfortunately, I, I hurt my toe. But I just got to sit back, watch, see the show, not do anything. It's, it's the best because spring, uh, it, it's a beast, and you get tired of hitting your own guys. So, me and Deshaun Watson just hanging out on the sideline because we both were hurt. Uh, that was probably my favorite spring game. <laughs> my favorite spring game is the one I did not I play, play in. That's, <laughs> that's, right. that's what Mac is saying. And honestly, that's the thing with all these spring games is you're just hoping no one gets exactly. seriously injured. Exactly. And I think for the most part, things were good on Saturday in ACC country. Let's start way up north, the northernmost game on Saturday where – 
it i don't think they had snow flurries i I didn't know it was rainy than in clemson south carolina that's crazy i know it was rainy and not ideal but boston college they had their spring game and you know they're breaking a new offensive coordinator john mcnulty zay flowers he only fielded punts he also kelsey riggs was giving us a full breakdown of he was like pounding fruit snacks on the sidelines which maybe was what you were doing mac uh when you were sitting there with deshaun (laughs) and you know phil jerkovic looked good eight for 17 143 yards a touchdown I thought Xavier Coleman, uh, one of the young wide receivers, played really well. But Jeff Halfley said after the game, look, we ran three offensive plays. We ran two coverages. We had one pressure look. We just didn't We didn't do much. We were out there to get the experience. But he liked what he saw. He said, we looked faster and we looked more athletic. And I think that's always somewhat of a challenge for BC, even when they do have a great quarterback like Jerk. But he said he he really liked what he saw. What did you see, Mac? Yeah, really. I think that vanilla, you know, kind of explanation from coach is is exactly what you got. And, and you know, a lot of people, you know, they don't like giving stuff away. They kind of want to run their basic offense, basic defense, and just see the guys go out and compete. You know, at that level, there should be very minimal misassignments. There should be very minimal MAs, and especially with all the young guys, walk-ons, inexperienced guys that'll be playing. You, know, you try to to dumb it down, quote unquote. Uh, without, you know, losing reps, you know, it still wants to be valuable. And so, you know, I think for that purpose, you know, a good practice, a good spring game, uh, the, the biggest thing for, for really what we saw from Boston College moving forward is, man, that offensive line, you're starting all the way over. I mean, Christian Mahogany is going to be the only guy coming back. Now, he is very good and might end up being, you know, the number one guard in the ACC. Kind and of got a, a tutty. And got a tutty in my preseason kind of rankings there. But um, he's a great piece to build on, but to, to number one, when you're losing great players, right? Like Zion and, and Alec and those guys, but also the continuity in a guy like Ben Petrula that has started 10,000 games in a row and now he's gone. And those five, I mean, they've been together for so long. So it, it's going to be a brand new look there. Thought Phil looked great. I mean, it's hard to judge when, you know, he doesn't have Zay. It, it's not his full, you know, team together. And so that's what is really hard. And that'll be kind of a trend here for at least most of the guys is that it, it was half their team. It was half their battle. So, you know, I was impressed by the the length and the athleticism from the defensive backfield from Boston College. That's been a little bit of a staple with Coach Halfley and the things that they're really able to do at BC. And it looks like in 22, that's going to be more of the same. Yeah, you bring up the quarterbacks. The only QB that really had a, an incredible stat line was Devin Leary. We're going to get to that. NC State out here is putting all their ones on the same team. We'll get there. That's that's an interesting way to do it. It really felt bad for that defense. I didn't know what message you were sending game, to your that, defense. That's tough. that's tough. Yikes, yeah. But overall, I thought, you know, solid day for BC. And I liked what Jeff Halfley said at the end when he was talking to, again, Kelsey Riggs, the GOAT. He He said that he's been a little more involved offensively just because, you know, you bring in a new OC and and he has been in meetings a little more and and tried to focus a little more there. So I think that's good, Mac, because I know he's a defensive guy, but in the end, the head coach needs to be super involved in every aspect of everything. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And I think you'll see that as he grows, right? Like clearly defensive coordinator started as that. That's his bread and butter. But we all know everybody wants to be on the offensive side of the ball, KG. So we'll get well, him over uh, there. Uh, we'll, we'll get him going with the concepts. And, and at the point where, okay, this is Boston College's offense. This isn't John McNulty or Frank Signetti or whoever. This is, this is the BC offense. All right, let's move on to the Clemson Tigers. Mac was on the field, up close and personal. I am going to start with the QBs because, duh. I am going to read these stat lines, okay? Kay Klubnick, the freshman out of ATX, 
15 of 23 for 106 yards, one touchdown, five sacks. DJ Uyunglele, 17 of 36, 175, no touchdowns, one interception, five sacks. The O-line was a concern. We'll get to that. But overall, here's the question, Matt. Does Clemson have a QB problem or a QB competition? I think it's still a competition. And, you know, we spoke about this on the huddle, you know, after all these games were kind of over. And, you know, is it, is it a controversy? Is, is it What is it? Is it a battle? I, I think it's just a competition at this point because you threw out those stat lines and, and to the, you know, not in-depth fan or for someone not even a Clemson fan, you look at those stats, you're like, man, that was kind of a yeah. bad day, you know, for, for DJ and the completion percentage, throwing interception, the five sacks. But then when you look at it and you peel it back, uh, I think every wide receiver DJ was throwing to outside of Engata was about 5'8", uh, 150 pounds, and uh, not the Clemson receiver that you will be running yeah. out there in the fall. Maybe not on scholarship. Exactly, exactly. And so it's a very tough reading to, at the end of the day. And, and I mentioned that with Phil. And you know, t- for, for DJ in particular, on top of going against one of the best defenses in the country, on top of having, I think it was two freshmen, two walk-ons, and then a, a third-year starter, that was his offensive line. I mean, good luck. Have fun. You know, figure it out. And, and that's why you saw five sacks. So you can't look at the stat sheet and judge this. You, you have to watch the film, dissect it, take the little things. What did he do well? What what did he do to improve on what we saw in 21? And, and here's a couple of things that I saw. Number one, his body looks fantastic. Composition, weight, and, and that freed him up to move really, really well. And when I talk about that movement, the pocket presence, to be able to extend plays. And it doesn't have to be running for your life. It doesn't have to be, you know, back there running a 4-4. But the subtle movement of the pocket to, to give you just a little bit more time and to help your offensive line out a little bit. I saw that time and time again for DJ. And then really the last thing that, that impressed me was the touch. Now, was it a couple of misses that was still touch? Yes. Was it, again, walk-ons that he was throwing to that I guarantee if it's his scholarship tight end, his scholarship wide receiver, it's probably a touchdown. And so it, it's hard for you to say, man, let me let me slow this down enough to where this guy can throw catch the ball instead of throwing my normal fade route here and that guy not being able to make up for it. So those three things really checked a good box for me to where I'm not – Given the quarterback battle away, I think that truly this is something that going into fall camp all throughout summer and then, of course, as we get into the season, it's still DJ's team right now. And when I look at Cade, he's going to be pushing. He's hungry. And I think he showed some really, really good things. Accuracy, his ability to create when stuff did go down. The one thing that, KG, if I'm watching, I'm just saying that guy should still be in high school, was a little bit of the pocket presence. There were three instances where Cade would have been dead, where he would have got killed by Miles Murphy, by KJ Henry, because he's just he has that purple jersey on. He he's not afraid to get hit, and he has to move. He he would have been out, and, and so I think that is something that might be growing pains because Clemson's not going to go live at the quarterback position. It, it's going to be game. It's going to have to be coaching, and they're going to have to watch that and say, "Hey, you cannot do this. You got to get the ball out, or you're going to hurt yourself and the team." So certainly a battle, no question. We heard Dabo Sweeney say multiple times on the the live mic, get rid of it, Cade, get rid of it. And and that's something that he's definitely still learning, the speed of the right. game. He had one one throw that was basically going to be a pick. I think it was Levante yes. Bentley, but he dropped it, and he didn't see him at all. So it's some of those things. But, and I'm going to start with Cade, his confidence, I'll even use the word swag, 
his demeanor was impressive. It was. That, that's what impressed yeah. me. And it, it reminded me a bit of maybe a young Deshaun, a young Trevor, where he's just, he's confident in who he is. And he did make some great throws. He didn't back down. His mobility really showed on right. one zone read where he kept yep. it, went left. I thought that was really big. So I liked what, what we saw from Kate overall. Again, still very young. So, a few of those times, you're right. He, he would have probably been, been uh, hit hard. I mean, totally. I get it. With DJU, he's slimmer. I thought he looked more confident. I thought especially on some of the, uh, the touch passes, the screens, he was taking some off, which was really good because a few times he would just chuck something in there on a screen pass. Um, still some throws that you just kind of are, are wondering what's going on. But if I'm just watching that game and I don't know anything about those quarterbacks, I still would say, yeah, maybe, you know, DJ's ready. He's the guy you'd want to start right. if you're looking at those two. But if you ask me who's the more confident quarterback, I would say number two. And, and I think, you know, what really showed up with that as well is, is his confidence in his preparation, his confidence in ownership of the offense. I mean, I had the privilege, as you mentioned a couple of times, to be right there with Coach Sweeney, right there in the huddle. Clemson doesn't huddle, but right there. And, and just seeing how he reacted, seeing the communication that he did have. And even on a couple of errant things, the, the clock was winding down. He goes up to the line and says, yeah. hey, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. Center didn't hear it. He still thinks it's it's on two or on a silent count. But K did the necessary things, and and that's that's something that you don't necessarily see from a guy who should still be in high school. So I think Clemson is in a good spot uh, with with both these quarterbacks. The coaches are more than confident, more than excited about both of them. Uh, but certainly, it's going to be a main focus of discussion up until we kick this thing off uh, in, in in September. No doubt about it, Mac. We have three teams today that we'll talk about that have legitimate competitions. Clemson is one of them, North Carolina and Pitt. And all three of those might come down to the wire. We might see both play. Just sticking on, on Clemson here for a second. We know a lot of the big names were out. No Will Shipley, of course. I thought Ngata made some plays. He still had one kind of bad drop. Phil Maffa looked great, as we'd heard all spring. I thought Spectre looked good. It was really good to see him back. The defense was sensational. I mean, that defense, the speed in the linebacking core, the guys up front, just not fair. The O-line though, Mac, do, do you think the O-line, the biggest issue for them was you're splitting them up? I, I've seen, this is kind of a theme with a lot of these teams. You split up your O-line, you probably have six, seven guys you feel good about. So then you split it up and you're going to have yeah, some holes. Clemson, uh, it's one thing, okay, if you split it up with everybody healthy and everybody starting, but Clemson's two starting tackles didn't play. They were out. And so that takes away from a piece of it. Now you have guys who might have been playing guard that they have to move out to tackle. So they're at a position that they've never been at. Okay, go have fun blocking Xavier Thomas. Go have fun blocking Miles Murphy, KJ Henry. And these guys just, they teed off. That's exactly what they did. And honestly, Kelly, that, that's what you should expect from a veteran group like this, from a group that is so talented at the defensive line position, those three individually at defensive end, that's what I expected. So I have zero judgment on the Clemson offensive line right now because they have to get healthy. I need to see all five out there. Who is it actually going to end up being? Because right now I think it's a severe uh, injustice to be able to say that, to, to be able to say, oh, man, they just stink because you didn't even get to see them. You didn't even get to see them. So that, that's kind of my thing there. Defensively, as you just said, linebacking core flying around. I mean, that they are legitimately – five, six deep, where they feel very comfortable, whoever is out there, and it showed all game long. Those guys able to move in pass coverage, in blitz, run support, 
really, really impressed and, and thought that would be a significant drop-off, to be honest with you. When you saw Skowski, who had been there a billion years, going to the NFL, when you see Specter, who had been there for four years, now going to the NFL, and there's not. And they're almost more athletic. Not, not almost, they are. They're more athletic than those guys were. And so to be able to almost take a step forward instead of step back or even stay in the same, that's going to be a very impressive piece when you go along with one of the best defensive lines, if not the best defensive line in the country. So I think those guys are going to be just fine. I love the aggressiveness that we saw in a spring game from Wes Goodwin. I mean, he's running double A gap mug, which is very hard to target. And then he's following it with a free safety blitz. I mean, there's, there's no way to pick it up as a quarterback. You have to throw it away because, or go have somebody hot uh, because it's basically man zero, which is what Georgia did and lit Clemson up at the beginning of the season. So it's something that, man, if, if Clemson feels comfortable in that, it's very difficult to target. It's very difficult to block. And if you have any type of inexperienced quarterback back there, it's going to be problems. And we saw that two or three times uh, in a row almost. I love that Wes Goodwin doesn't even care that, that hit, that's his own guy on the other side in the <laughs> right. purple jersey. No regard you know? for Just human ruthless. Life. That's right. <laughs> Just ruthless. This kid's 17. Here you go, buddy. Safety go go try to make a play with right. these grown men barreling at you. But overall, a good day at Clemson spring game. And of course, we'll talk a lot more about Clemson throughout the summer and into the fall as that QB competition will be a big discussion, as will North Carolina's. We have a QB competition at UNC as well to replace Sam Howell. You've got Jacoby Criswell and Drake May, two different guys um, in terms of styles a little bit. May, more of that pocket passer. Criswell, maybe more in that Marquise Williams mold. Drake May was 9 for 12 for 113, one touchdown, one sack. Chris Wells, 6 for 6, 104, touchdown. He didn't pass the ball as much, but, I mean, those numbers look pretty good. What did you see overall, Mac, from these two QBs? Really, that the, the competition is, is still alive and well. You know, I, I yeah. thought really at the end of the season it, it kind of would be, you know, May show. And, and just, again, when you have a five-star guy, you, you kind of expect that to, to happen, and it doesn't look like it at all. So I think going into summer and, and again, Similar to Clemson, but very different in the fact that you don't know who the starter is. At Clemson, it's very definitive as of now. But for UNC, I, I don't know. I don't know who's going to run out there first. Mm-hmm. I thought both guys, as you mentioned, brought different things to the team. And really what I think, KG, it, it'll end up being is who can be the most accurate. Because as we know, Coach Mac Brown loves that. He loves not a game manager, but a guy that can manage the game. And a guy that won't put the ball in jeopardy, won't turn the ball over, and, and give his team you know, the best chance to be successful. And who who's going to do that? And EJ said a great thing. He's, he was talking about who can handle the moment. And it's hard to replicate that. Obviously, the spring game was one of those tests. And you'll have some scrimmages in fall camp where you can kind of get that out there and kind of put your quarterback in adverse situations. But it might go into the season. We might be at game five and then finally have a definitive guy there. Nobody wants to see that. I wish somebody could separate and take the job. Maybe that happens over summer, uh, but as of right now, I think you know they have a battle. They have a true battle. We don't know who QB1 is. Well, as long as Josh Downs is out there, <laughs> I, I think you feel decent about whoever. If you get to throw the ball to Josh Downs, you're feeling pretty good. He was absolutely balling in UNC spring game. Overall, Mac, I think the defense, it was a little different. You know, When I look at Clemson's, I see 10 total sacks amongst the two main QBs. 
when I look at UNC, May just took one sack, and I don't think Chriswell was sacked at all. Now, it's a spring game. It's different. It's, it's two-hand touch when these big D linemen are coming after you, but I think UNC is still looking to be a little more disruptive, and the O-line won the day a little bit against that D-line, and it's early for Gene Chizik as he's, he's molding these pieces, but were we able to gather much about what this UNC defense could look like next year? Yeah, and really what it might be, KG, is, is maybe what we saw from the, the Clemson offensive line with the UNC defensive line. Mm. Guys split up, guys in different positions, maybe guys not even playing. Um, so it's hard to – I'm going to reserve that judgment again, you know, for this team and, and really, you know, kind of wait to what we see in fall camp expectation-wise. I have for them to be much better. I mean, these guys are growing up. It's one thing – you know, to celebrate recruiting, it's great, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and we have all these five stars, you have to deliver. We have to see improvement. We have to see growth, tenacity, all these things, you know, change with that caliber of player, and we haven't yet. And, and so this, you know, year three, for a lot of those different guys, that's when you start to see a light come on. You see a, a, that that next step being taken, and that's what we have to see, you know, really from this North Carolina defense because – it's time. I mean, they've had a generational quarterback and, you know, luckily got to an Orange Bowl because the ACC had two teams in the playoff. I mean, who would have ever thought? Luckily, Mac. Dang. Luckily. Yeah, definitely luckily. Um, so when, when you see that, I, I just, I don't know, I, th- I think it's time to take that next step. UNC fans, I, I know you know that. Um, but the one kind of silver lining that I will say that I did see that I was very excited about was the run game was impressive from UNC. And it looked like you know, a trio of backs that you feel really comfortable about. And I think that's where, you know, Carolina, at least recent history, is very comfortable. When they can have, you know, two or three guys that are in there rolling, instead of having your quarterback have to go for a 1,000 yards on the ground, you know, that's when the offense is hitting the way that they want it to be. Instead of having Sam Howell put his life on the line (laughs) every third snap and go out there and try to get your first down. Yeah, that's definitely preferred for North Carolina. All right, what about Florida State, Mac? Florida State, they intrigue me so much going into this season. 23 early enrollees, so you got to see quite a few freshmen and guys that they went and got in the portal in this game. I know it was very windy in Tallahassee, so not an ideal spring game environment. And then when you have Jordan Travis, he's a guy that's so dual threat that it's tough to see him be his full self in a spring game, which is basically two-hand touch for quarterbacks. But Trey Benson, the transfer from Oregon at running back, looked really, really good, Mac. 77 yards on seven carries. Dang. I I thought the wide receivers were a bit underwhelming. But I I think FSU may be the spring game that we perhaps learned the least. And maybe Boston College, because Halfley said we literally ran two plays. But it's just hard to see a Jordan Travis offense in a spring game. Yeah, and to to see his creativity, to see the way that he can escape uh, a magician back there. I mean, you you think you have him and you you absolutely don't, not on display. That's something that you you are not going to see in a spring game. And and so I think you're, you're right. And you talk about how you're underwhelmed by the wide receiver performance. I was as well. You know, we have to see Florida State get back to that. And when you're looking around and I see all these body types, I see all these guys, and that's just not the case for me right now. I asked EJ about that. I think he lied to me a little bit. He said he was impressed. I don't think he really was. Um, he was at Florida State. So you call calling EJ out. <laughs> he had to be careful of what he said. Uh, but, you know, there's pieces, but I, I need to see – units of that I don't need to just see one or two guys here and there and and by the way those one or two guys are transfers it's not even you know FSU built quite yet 
Um, and so that's, you got to get back to that. And I know they can, I know the resources are there. I know the talent, you draw a circle around Tallahassee, the state of Florida, I mean, go get them. Um, and, and so I think there is progress. We've seen that in recruiting Florida state really making waves and getting back to that, you know, upper tier where they belong and where they're comfortable. Um, and, and we just, we just need to see more. We just need to see more. And, uh, you know, a tough schedule. We spoke about it. I thought I, I had it at number one uh, right there with Georgia Tech and how difficult this season is going to be. Uh, so a lot of grit, a lot of determination in this team to go prove a bunch of people wrong, including myself. Yeah, I, I agree, Mac. I, I do think, you know, when you look at what worked for FSU last year, I would use that. I would go ground and pound. I would make Jordan Travis the fully buy-in, which we've talked about. We talked about Danny Cannell. The fact that they didn't go out and get a guy in the portal makes us feel like they're fully buying into Travis. Use a guy like Benson, run the football, and then try to take some deep shots with a guy like Micah Pittman, who you brought in. I think that's going to be the name of the game for FSU for the most part. Jared Verse, he's a transfer who came in. He impressed, too. Yep. Uh, that's the big question too, Mac, is you got to replace Jermaine Johnson and what he did. And that's going to be the guy that I think can do it. You know, just when you see his skill set, when you see his motor, um, it, it'll be, can I take that next step? Can I play with the big boys on a consistent basis? And, and I think we've, we've seen enough to where we feel really good about that. Uh, but it, it is a different, you know, it's a, it's a different thing when it's every Saturday. And it's not just, you know, one Saturday we have a team rolling in and I can go, you know, super saying you've got to do that thing for 14 straight weeks. And uh, certainly think that Verse has the tools to do that. So really, really excited to see, you know, what is he going to do in this Florida State defense? All right, we've got two more spring games to talk about, NC State and Pittsburgh. And we've read off some of these QB stat lines, okay? <laughs> then you get to Devin Leary's stat line at NC State. And I'm like, what happened here? Now, they had their entire first-team offense together. And they were up 37-0 to at halftime. So... That's very different than these other teams have done their spring games. Devin Leary in one half, 26 of 34 for 355, three tutties at a pick in one half, Mac. This man was dialed in. He's so good. I mean, it truly, <laughs> you know, you and I with guests and other folks, we, we've discussed who's going to be the number one quarterback. And, and I've been really set on TVD. His pro day or his uh, uh, spring game obviously coming next week. We'll see, can he take strides? I was so, so, so impressed with Devin Leary. He, he can just make every throw, and it's so pretty. He has such an understanding of this offense. He's going into year three as a starter in the same offense with the same offensive coordinator. I really, truly expect us to see a Kenny Pickett-type jump. And now he's already been really good. I mean, he's already way ahead of where Kenny was the first four years of his career but I expect to see more. I expect to see that ownership. And really, I mean, I would not be surprised at all seeing 4,000 plus yards, 40 plus touchdowns. And, and I mean, for this guy to, to go berserk, because when you look at the receivers that he has back, they couldn't run the ball a year ago and they had the best offensive lineman in the draft. Now he's gone. I don't think they're going to sell out to run the ball. It's going to be all on him. And if you get in these battles and we know it's a quarterback a heavy league if this is a an air attack every other weekend I mean look out these numbers could be really really crazy but that expectation for me is he should almost be at the point KG where he can call plays on the field where he can audible he can see things he has that ability and I think coach Beck I think coach uh, Dorn will, will trust him enough where he has those built in and I can't wait to ask them about that because this is a, a very unique situation as we get closer but that's the type of trust that's the type of output 
I really have expectation-wise for NC State. I agree, Mac. And I think the the national recognition is going to come, it's gonna come for Devin no Leary question. this year, like yeah. it did for Pickett. And, and maybe that's more where the parallel is. But I know they lost some big wide receivers, but they had some guys step up. I mean, you have to have guys step up yeah. when you throw for 355. <laughs> Someone's got to catch the ball. And so that was very impressive. What about elsewhere, Mac? Look, the defense... 37 to zero. Now, you know, the defense, there's also a defense playing the other way. So that was the first team. I assume that's the way NC State did it, which again, I find kind of odd. The final score is 50 to seven. If I'm a second string or third string guy, I'm thinking, wow, <laughs> I suck. I mean, that was rough. I, that's the risk you have, Mac, right? That, that, you, if you if you split them all up, you might have an offensive line with a couple walk-ons on there. But if you don't, right. then that happens. Right. And, you know, I, I do need I need to find out this format because I'm not sure what it is, you know, right now. I wonder if it was ones and twos versus threes and fours. Like, how, what was the disparity here in Dang. this game? Because it was drastic. It was very drastic. And yeah. I, I don't think that's a really a good snapshot of who – NC State is because I think they do have depth. I mean, especially at the defensive, you know, position, and and maybe that's even more so because you know Peyton didn't play, Isaiah Moore didn't play. You know, you know when you look at that, okay, now we're stealing from the twos and threes, and now we have guys that just got on the team. They're playing. I, I don't know. Um, but when guys I guys out at, of the stands, right, exactly. do you want to get some snaps? Come on down. <laughs> um, so I think when you look at that, and when I think about this defense, what it can be. Again, similar to Boston College, guys not playing. Similar to Clemson, guys not playing. This linebacking core can be the best in the country. I said it a year ago, they couldn't stay healthy. That's the big thing. If they're healthy, if they're all three on the field, they're going to be not only one of the best defenses in the country, but I think the best linebacking core in the country. And it's, uh, it's very impressive to watch, KG. Completely agree. And we know a lot of those guys didn't play on Saturday trying to get back and stay healthy. That's the biggest key. Can this NC State defense stay healthy and support Devin Leary? If so, the sky's the limit for NC State. All right, Mac, how about our final team here, the Pittsburgh Panthers? Another quarterback competition. Keaton Slovis, the Southern Cal transfer, and Nick Patty, who got hurt in the Peach Bowl, of course. I just love saying his name, Nick Patty. Uh, Keaton Slovis was 10 of 21 for 64 yards and a pick. Nick Patty was four for nine for 108. Now they split guys up. I, I was reading about this one and the O-line for Slovis's blue team was just freshmen and walk-ons. And so he was dealing with some stuff. Jordan Addison did not play, so neither quarterback had him to work with. But overall, Narduzzi seemed pleased. He also said, Mac, Narduzzi said this was the first time in his career they didn't have a single significant injury wow. in the spring. That's great. So that's great news. For no, Pitt. it absolutely is. And I think when you look at, at Pitt, I think you look at Clemson, the very, very same. Those two are, are very similar to me in, in regards to their spring because of the, the lack of star power that, that was a, a, able to go lack of offensive linemen that played. And also on top of that, you're going against one of the nation's best defenses and they're loaded at the front seven. And, and I thought, or the defensive line. And I thought that that was very telling uh, when you watch both of these teams, that the strength of both of them, Clemson and Pitt is going to be the defensive line. And that was on full display in the spring game. When I look at the quarterback battle, really thought that, you know, Slovis, his guys let him down a couple of times. They had a couple of yeah, big drops, drops. Uh, that would have made an, an instant impact. And so I think that messed up his rhythm, got out of timing with guys. Um, as you said, Jordan Addison not out there. So not not a too fair of a shake. I think really you, the coaching staff learned more and the players learned more 
in spring when it's good on good and, and everybody's there, everybody's participating, then we learned, unfortunately, you know, from that spring game. But Nick Patty's showing that he's not backing down. You know, I thought that he made some really gutsy plays, made some really nice throws uh, to Mumpfield, the transfer from Akron, who I think is going to be an amazing, you know, number yeah. two receiver for Pittsburgh with, you know, Jordan Addison getting a ton of attention. Look out for that guy because he's ready and he's excited to make some big plays. Um, so so was really impressed with both guys. I, I think I give the edge to Slovis just because his arm is so live. I mean, he was backpedaling, mm-hmm. throws it 40 yards. He's going against his body, throwing it the opposite way and delivering. And, and so to me, that's the guy that can do stuff that I can't coach. He's the guy that can get us out of crazy situations. So it's going to be fascinating to see where does Pitt go? Who do they end up giving the guy uh, the, the ability there? But the other thing outside of the defense, defense, I don't even need to talk about it because it was so good. Like, it is what it is. Offensively, thought the run game was really good. I mean, they they had three backs uh, that, that man, they're going to rotate them out. Two of them, obviously, were there a year ago. Uh, and, and then, you know, big 40 coming in. He's like 240 pounds. I think he was 6'2 or so. Uh, maybe not quite that tall. But really three guys that you're feeling really good about the attack. If we can be balanced, because that's what Pittsburgh wants to be. They just had a generational quarterback and Kenny Pickett go crazy. So if they can figure out kind of that balance, man, look out. I, I, every day that goes by, I start leaning towards that pit blue and gold for that ACC Ooh. champ. And, and I'm sure Miami will change my mind next week as, as they do their spring game. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm digging what I saw from Pittsburgh. As you mentioned, we have quite a few spring games happening next week that we will discuss. But We just ran through six of them, Mac, and six programs that we expect a lot from Pitt, NC State, FSU, UNC, Clemson, BC. A lot of good stuff. A lot of things that can still be worked out. We've got some QB competitions, but look, we love the drama. The the offseason is for the drama. And I will say this, Eric McLean, you doubt Nick Patty at your own risk. (laughs) The fan club starting right here uh, with KG. (laughs) She's going to be leading the way. Um, KG, this was great. This was a lot of fun. Let's do it again next week. We've got some more spring games coming. Uh, guys, that's it for us. Do yourself a favor. Do us a favor. Go to Spotify. Go to iTunes. Subscribe to our podcast. Drop us a little five-star rating or write us a review. Really enjoy hearing from you guys. But until next time, we'll see y'all.